again, we're in Ezekiel chapter 37. And we're talking about the hope that God can give us and the help that He can give us. So, in Ezekiel, we find a vision. And it's a vision of the dry bones in the valley. There's no life left in them. They're dry. They're, they're uh, you know, I guess if it's bones, you think there's a certain sense of helplessness. But when they're dry bones, means that they're, they're dried out. It's, they're, they're beyond hope, it would seem. And they've been that way for a while. No hope of life. So let's look as Ezekiel has this vision in, in Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and, a, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but they were, there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are, are dry. Our hope is lost. And we consider, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land that you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and perform it, says the Lord. There's a lot of prophecy and prophetic linkages to that. We're not going to go directly into those aspects today. We want to talk about hope in hopelessness. Hope in hopelessness. You know, in today's culture, in today's, I don't say it's culture, but today's world, maybe it's culture, we play around with a lot of things as it relates to health and trying to build things and they try to clone things and clone animals and now 
They're even getting to combining different kinds of organisms, different kinds of living beings, different species, probably, to try to gain the ability to help someone that is sick. It's very challenging to find out, if you'd read the news, that there's universities that collect and harvest. They don't necessarily do the harvesting, but they collect and combine and there's libraries out there for the different pieces of aborted babies that they want to use to be able to do their research. You know, the hearts and lungs and things. It's like the Tower of Babel where they, they went and they were trying to build a tower and God caused them great confusion. I think we're diving into things that shouldn't be dived into. But they do all they do, but they are still missing the ability to bring about the spark of life out of nothing, out of the dust. They take things that God has already created and try to reform them, to try to extend life and to try to do those things because they are living in this hopelessness if they're living without God, not knowing where eternity might hold and what is there. So they grab hold of what they have and try to control it to the point that we've even had them where they try to take viruses and make them worse so that they can prove evidently that they can compete against them making viruses that don't even occur in nature. And we've seen the recompense of that foolishness. But today we talk about something. We talk about hope for the hopeless and in the desperation. And you think as you look in the book of, of, of uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, and I encourage you to kind of keep that open as we kind of walk through the different aspects of the passage. You think about this dry bones, and maybe you can relate to this, this disorganized mess of clutter of bones that are sitting there. And they're sitting there on top of each other. Dry bones with possibly no hope, and maybe you can relate to that. And as they sit there, there is this, this sound, and then there's this rattling. And you can kind of envision on a movie or something that the, the bones start to, to rattle and that rattling of those bones moving and that shaking is announcing almost potentially something happening. And it reminds me of the sound of a rushing mighty wind that happened in Acts when the Holy Spirit could gain and empower them. But I think today if you're in this state of hopelessness or you've been in the state of hopelessness that maybe you can relate to some of these things. And as we walk through this vision and, and we talk about it, you might not relate to all of it, but there might be places of it. That you might be reminded that in the sense of man cannot solve all his own problems. And you feel that you are out in a place that you cannot recover. That God is able. And God was telling Ezekiel, and he brings about and shows them that even when the bones are dry and that they're scattered, that he's able to do something to restore life, to restore out of disorder and bring order and to restore hope. And so you have these rattlings of these bones and maybe today's message or maybe something that's going on will stir and, and stir within you that there is hope and this rattling comes together and you see these bones become bone upon bones. And you think of that, uh, that song that talks about the, the knee bones connected to the 
and you get the idea from the rest of it. I'm afraid I would try to connect and, and try to remember the song, The Wrong Parts of the Bone, and you would, wrong bone to the wrong bone. I'd have the theme or connected to the ear, or I don't know what. But I won't sing the song. But in the disorganization of these bones, first where there was hopelessness, there is something about to happen. And it's announced, but then from the disorganization becomes organization. I don't know if your life feels disorganized right now. All the norms, all the patterns seem to be gone. All the structure you had and the discipline has been kind of thrown off. The normal ways that you might go to church or that you might go to work or you might even do your daily devotions or your interactions with families. All that structure has gone away and maybe it's time that God's letting you know that the structure is going to return from the bones had to be organized from this disorganized, hopeless situation. They become organized. And what next does it tell you is that the sinews come upon them. And so those bones go from disorganized to organized to connected. But then it's still a mass out there. It can't really do anything. And maybe there's structure, but it still feels powerless because the bones aren't able to move. There's no muscle on them. They feel the organization, but there's no muscle. There's no strength to move anywhere. And maybe that's where you're at. And you've went through the disorganized, and maybe you're trying to have some organization. You put some things in place. You've tried to have that discipline, but you just don't have any strength and able to do that. You're not able to, to bring that part of it together. But God is able, and in this, as he shows this vision, to give us power where there was no power. There was... There was strength there to move it. It's the muscles, the flesh that's on us. You know, a lot of that has to do with muscle. And that ability to mobilize, that ability to move, that ability to do something. But maybe you feel like that bone, you've got muscle to do something, and you're moving around and, and you're trying to do things, but nobody notices. They don't see who you are. But you see what next happens is the flesh comes upon that skin. What does the flesh do to you? Those of you who watch some show, whether it's NCIS or some CSI or, or whatever it might be called uh, today. I know certain segments watch certain shows, certain age groups. But that forensic science that's out there, what do they do? They reconstruct it. They take the, they take the uh, bones and they put them together. And then what they do, they start putting the skin on them. Because once you start putting the skin on them and you put the structure on them, what do you identify you see, that bone becomes a person. That bone becomes an individual. And maybe you feel like no one sees you. No one knows the problem that you're having. No one feels what you're feeling. They don't even know that you exist. They're looking by you. They're looking through you. And they're worrying about their own problems. But no one sees you. May I tell you that God recognizes you. He knows who you are. He sees you. And he knew which bones went to which person. He knows which muscles were to pull together. He knows how to connect those joints together with the sinews. And he recognizes you. And as he sees your body and he sees your flesh, he sees you. And you start to see other people. And as you see the other people, it's like, hey, I see them. And it looks like they see me. And that's the purpose of the body of Christ. And that's one of the things that we have lost in not getting together. And that's why it's so important for the churches to assemble together because we lost the ability to see other people and have other people see us. And so we feel like we're in a sense 
of hopelessness. It reminds me of a story my, my uncle Hugh, Leroy Hughes used to tell me as he was my pastor. As, as we, I would get down there and you kind of get bogged down and, and you get bogged down in feeling. And this kind of helped me, but it, it reminds me of that fact, faith, and feeling are sitting on the fence. Maybe you've heard that, but it's the concept fact, faith, and feeling, feeling are sitting on the fence. And the feeling falls off. You don't always feel up. You always, always feel like things are okay. You just kind of wonder on that. But, and then it starts to pull down on your faith. And you start to wonder about things. But you can go back to the fact that Jesus died on the cross for you and for forgiveness of your sins, that Jesus cares for you and he wants you and it embodies your faith and you reach down and you, you grab hold of fact, grabs hold of faith and pulls faith back up on the fence and you got fact and faith on the fence again and then faith reaches down and pulls up feeling and the feeling comes back but it's all anchored in the fact of Jesus died and, and for your sins and loves you and cares for you and if you have your sins under the blood of Jesus you do have that hope and you have that connection so you're buoyed up your faith and it should help you with your feeling but maybe you feel that disconnected part and you felt like now you're connected and you felt like you couldn't move and now you can move and then you felt like nobody sees you but now you're starting to see that people can see you and then God brings and he brings a restoration he brings a restoration as he calls, like, as the, the winds came and they came from the different areas. It talks about, if you look into the scripture and some that have written about it, it talks about how it's the souls that are, are coming back. And you can think about it, it's talking about after they've been in exile, that God will bring them back together. But God brings a restoration to us. And once again, we feel like we are ourselves. Have you ever felt like in the midst of struggle, in the midst of of maybe you've gotten the point in despair that you just feel like everything's happening around you and you're not really in your own body almost. You're just and you can feel it all back be connected as we search and seek God. You can have that hope that he can help you at that point where you are. But then it continues and it says, And I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land that you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. So it's not that you're alive, it's that you can live. Do you understand the difference? It's not just that you're there and you're here, but the Holy Spirit, just like he came at Pentecost, can be part of your life as you surrender to God, that he can come in and be part of and empower your life to do things for God. There's people that need Jesus. He can empower you to witness to them and give you the strength in all the things that the enemy comes at you because the enemy of your soul wants to remove that you are an individual. What do you see them today? They try to put you all in these boxes and say, you're this color, or you're that color, or you're this sex, or you're that sex, or you're no sex, or you're, they're trying to box it, and they're trying to label you, and you're not an individual anymore. You're part of a group. And we all like to be a part of a group, and we like to be connected, but they don't see you necessarily as individuals. They see you as a collection for the cause. God sees you as an individual. And so the enemy is trying to tear us apart 
and as the country is being torn apart, but see the foundation is in the family, that's being torn apart, and in the churches. So the churches aren't even meeting, so that when they're not meeting and getting together, the people aren't encouraged and aren't accountable to each other in their disciplines and those kinds of things. But the Holy Spirit can come and give us the strength to plow through this. The same God that is able to give us strength to connect and enable us to move is able to empower us to have the ability through the Holy Spirit to meet the needs of people. Not talking about human understanding per se. We're talking about when you're walking down the street and God says you need to talk to that person about Jesus. You need to ask that person to church or that you feel this burden within or this ability. God enables us. There are certain things, uh, there is certainly supernatural power that is out there. The Holy Spirit moves. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in high places. We sometimes try to come to the battle with just the physical attributes and what we can think in our mind and forget that we have access to a Holy Spirit that can empower us if we allow Him to do those things. But we have to allow Him to engage in that. Now sometimes as Christians we go through battles just like people that lift weights and do sports and things have to go through training. And there's sometimes a resistance, but in that battle it makes us stronger so that we can do what God is asking us to do. So I don't know where you are in your life today and how you're uh, coming through these different aspects. And I don't know how this applies to your life. And I'm not telling you what God will or won't do. I will tell you, though, that God is able. That God wants to give us structure out of our chaos. That God wants to help and encourage us. That God wants to give us the power to go through life, but not only to be alive, but to live. And give us the power not only to live in the communities and not only to be identified and identify people with their unique needs and their uh, responsibilities, but have the empowering of the Holy Spirit to do that and have that understanding that is beyond us. So that we might have the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to reach other people for Jesus so that He can make things better for them as well like He has helped and touched you. That is what God is able to do, and He wants to be that, bring that organization into your life. When He will do it and how He do it, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to be rich and that you're going to have everything perfect, but I can tell you that you have a hope not only in this life, but in that life beyond that He is going to prepare a place for us so that we can be there with Him, and He will take care of us. So we can have a hope beyond this grave. We have that hope. And if we don't die and He comes before we die, we have that hope as well. And so we don't have to be a collection of dry bones that are just sitting in a valley, wondering what's going to happen. Hopelessness, but we can listen for the rattling of the bones when they will come together. And from our disorganization comes organization. From the organization comes this empowerment, this muscling, this ability to move. And from that, we have the skin and God sees us. And we know He sees us. And we see other people. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to do something and to be effective in the work of Jesus Christ. That is my hope for you today. I hope that you are encouraged. I hope the Lord helps you. Let's be standing together. Lord, I pray to Lord that you would encourage your people today that they need to trust in you. 
And Lord, sometimes in the trusting, the battle is hard and it's difficult. But I pray to Lord that you'd help the hopelessness to be removed from them. That they might be encouraged from the vision of Ezekiel. That you might empower them and you might strengthen them. That you might help them to move forward, not just in life, but in the ministry that you would call them to do. To work with other people, to help other people, and to... Um, Reach people for you, we pray. Empower us today. Help us to be obedient to you and lift us up. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As you bow your heads, I would ask if you, if you need to come and pray, you're more than welcome.